1: is nigel jason hammer right over there hope everybody had an awesome uh, extended labor day weekend although hammer i knew i just when we had reverend charles harrison on friday to talk about crime in indy the ongoing problem and solutions i said to him i mean I, I i thought man it's i i hope it's not a violent weekend in indy but i got a bad feeling and i think the feeling was justified right 11
3: people shot four stabbed and three killed from friday to monday so that's 15 total people who were either shot or stabbed with three of them dying um and you heard the news earlier police say a person was stabbed at great times like the family fun park up by beach grove next door to expo bowl um The person was stabbed, was taken to the hospital. Some sort of altercation took place where gunshots rang out. 30-year-old men, 30-year-old grown-ass men hanging out outside the parking lot of Great Times and Expo Firing off shots, fighting over chicks. What is
1: what is Great Times again for people who might not be familiar? I know Expo Bowl, obviously awesome bowling alley, but what's the, the Great Times is adjacent to that, right?
3: Right. So, it's like arcade putt-putt. and go-karts and putt-putt, and you, know, you can have kids' birthday parties in there. And yeah,
1: that is pathetic. Two 30-year-olds out there arguing over chicks. It's like Matthew McConaughey and Dazed and Confused. And Except- Nige, it's
3: always been that way there. I worked at Great Times. When I was a teenager, when I was like, you know, 19 years old, I was working at great times. And it was like that then. Like, this isn't a knock on the people that work at great times. No, 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 no. These are the people, like you said, the Matthew McConaughey's and Days to Confused that graduated high school five, six years ago, cruising around great times looking for chicks. (laughs) I mean, it's always been that way. And I saw it firsthand
1: when I worked there as a kid. Well, thank God. And I know you have kids that spend time in that area, too. And you're telling me gunshots are going off and stabbings? Thank God nobody was hit or killed by the, the random gunshots. But it's I, I can't come up with another word other than just pathetic uh, behavior.
3: Yeah, my oldest grown adults. works at the bowling alley, which is next door. See? Works there part-time. Yeah. Um, And it's a mess. And that's just one incident. Um, You had a pair of 23-year-olds fatally shot at a gas station Mm. near Marion University on Saturday night. And then the IMPD investigating after a man was found dead with a gunshot wound on the northwest side. This was over by Stant Hope Way near West 46th, not too far from 465. I used to live over near
1: that way, yeah.
3: So, I wish I had better news on this Come Back to Work Tuesday for you, but everybody can relax. Just know that both mayoral candidates, Boss Hogsett and Jefferson Shreve, are going to go after law-abiding citizens with firearms. (laughs) That should really help the city. You've got amazing options on both sides, kids. I'm just wiping the sweat off my brow right now. That is good news. Indy deserves so much better than these two guys. Indy deserves better than what we have to choose from this mayoral election. We've seen what Boss Hogg said has done to this city when he's actually here and not allegedly somewhere else. We've seen the record homicides. And then he tries to pull that trick because a top three year of homicides happens, well, crime went down. Yeah, but you were there when it was the record. You don't get to do a victory lap on that. It's like when Biden says, well, gas prices are down compared to a year ago. Well, yeah, it was a record a year ago, you (laughs) moron. And then Jefferson Shreve, who has every chance to beat this loser in the race, comes out and blames law-abiding citizens. Based on the information we've already presented to you in this segment, I think you understand why people want constitutional carry. You can't go to a gas station. You can't go to great times without fear of some moron who probably doesn't have a license, I'm sorry, the legal ability yes. to own a firearm yeah, yeah, yeah. in the first place doing something stupid.
1: You go back to that conversation. I encourage everybody to go back and listen to that um a chat we had with Reverend Charles Harrison from the Ten Point Coalition on Friday before we left. Uh, for the long weekend, and he was blowing my mind about the stats coming out of Boston. How Boston is, is it, it's a blue city. They don't have. It, it's kind of weird with their their mayoral mayoral elections. It's 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 kind of like a nonpartisan type of uh, election. It's really weird. There's no term limits. But the, but but Boston, you would think just by virtue of it being Boston that they have a high crime rate like other like other giant cities. Right. And the synergy between the mayor, the city county council, the police. Department, Department and the prosecution, their goal in Boston is to have no uh, more than, what What did he say, 20 to 30 homicides by 2025 or 2026? Yeah.
3: They want to we're, get it it's like around 26, under 30.
1: And some of the things they do in Boston are, are some of the same things Reverend Charles Harrison is trying to do here in Indy, but Sharif or Hogsett has not met with him or other leaders like Reverend Charles Harrison in the city. And that falls
3: on the party, too. So let's just, for argument's sake, say that Jefferson Shreve might not know about the Ten Point Coalition. Okay, it's far-fetched, but just go with me here. The Indiana Republicans should know, but yet the advice they're giving, Jefferson Shreve, is to go after law-abiding citizens and do commercials on abortion. Mm -hmm. When you walk out late night in Indianapolis, are you scared somebody's going to come up and give you an abortion? Or are you scared somebody's (laughs) going to come up and rob you and shoot you? These are the real issues happening in Indianapolis.
1: Stop focusing on the wrong stuff. and again, look at Boston as the example that blew me away when he was talking about that. I mean, you have, you know, what's her name? Michelle Wu uh, is is her name, first Asian-American Boston mayor who is a Democrat, but they're nonpartisan elections, and they, they, their goal is what, 25 homicides in 20 we have we have we're up over hundred right now the year's not even over hammer 200 has become the norm uh, the, yeah in indianapolis that's that blew me away when he was talking about that we need to get our act together now so some
3: sad news here uh I saw this on the Lawrence Police Department Twitter feed. Uh, They lost their canine. Uh, Cheeto, who was the Lawrence Police Department's canine, passed away as a result of a medical condition. This was not anything that was, like, you know, in the line of duty. But the good news is the other canine that was recently injured from the IMPD, Ringo, he was released from the emergency vet and is now on the road to recovery. Ringo
1: got stabbed a couple times.
3: Yeah, three times. Somebody was trying to rob a business on Raymond Street, and the uh, officer and canine Ringo went in there to get the bad guy. Bad guy stabs the dog three different times. And bless his heart, Ringo, you know, he didn't chase that white light, baby. He kept fighting, and now he's on the road to recovery.
1: And, and said, you know, our condolences to Lawrence Police Department. And those guys, you know, it's a special relationship between a police officer and their canine. I mean, they treat it, when they lose a canine, they treat it like a, a, a human per, officer. I mean, uh, complete with police burial and memorial and everything like that. It is a big, big deal and a sad loss.
3: I would love to see the Indiana General Assembly have some more harsh penalties for somebody that kills or attempts to kill a canine officer. Because to me, they are police officers. They are part of the police force. Uh, It's different rules. Obviously, it's a dog, not a human. But I think if the Indiana General Assembly wants to win a few people over, that's something that seems like it could be an easy way to do. Um, I'm looking at this thing that went viral, Nige. Some kid made a video. Talking about the new round of dad rock bands.
1: Oh, no.
4: So,
3: like, now when you say dad rock, yeah. you're probably thinking of, like, Motley Crue,
1: Van Halen. Shoot, those are grandpa uh, <laughs> bands. True. Right? Right. I mean, those are, th- you know, three three generation Bands right now, Metallica. Do yeah, they fall into the I mean, dad I would rock? Say, I would say like bands like Foo Fighters or Dad would just kills me to hear that dad <laughs> rock Foo Fighters. So this kid
3: uh, makes this video and says the following bands are now officially considered dad rock. Tell me, as the rock guy Nige, if you agree. System of a Down, Avenge Sevenfold, Three Days Grace, Deftones, Muse, wow. Slipknot, Whoa. Bullet for My Valentine, Skillet, Sum 41, and Fallout wow. Boy. Wow,
1: yeah, I mean, I could see how that... I mean, those are all bands that have been around at least 20 to 25 years. And most of those bands I played at X-103. So, yeah, maybe they could consider dad rock. Linkin Park? Oh, that hurts. Wow.
3: Yeah, Linkin Park, My Chemical Romance, Fallout Boy, all in the category
5: of dad rock now. Oh, man. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, And experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
1: You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel show. Yeah, bummer, Jimmy Buffett dying. Over the weekend, passing away, skin cancer, a rare form of skin cancer, man. And I I think this hit people harder than like certain parrot heads, certain people that have been to, you know, dozens and dozens of, of Buffett concerts. I think they took this pretty hard, Hammer.
3: Yeah. And we kind of said this about Bob Barker when he passed away, but what a life. What a life that Jimmy Buffett led. Got to play music, have margaritas, beers, hang out with chicks, travel, be the the fun party guy. What a way to make a living.
1: Man, the only Buffett concert I've been to, I would never got into Buffett, and a bunch of us went. And uh, about three songs into it, I looked at my buddy. I go, I mean, we were like on a party bus. I go, let's get a cab to Broadway. <laughs>
4: wasn't your was thing? Just,
1: it wasn't my thing at all, but I've got really good friends. And I'll give you a perfect example here. And I won't use any names, but uh, I have really close friends. And my buddy's not on social media, so I'll read what, her, what his uh, wife said. Quote, my husband's not on social media, so this shout-out is... For him and all the parrot heads Uh, And she shows a picture of them Like 20 years ago This is my favorite picture of us It sits on our desk We were on our way to our first Buffett concert together It was probably his 40th Uh, Most people like myself Always just thought that Buffett Was the best party ever But Buffett was so much more to Dave Jimmy's lyrics changed his life Jimmy was a teacher for Dave. For those of you that know him, Dave could be a perfectionist, and Jimmy's lyrics would remind him to soak it in, hug your friends, love your family, and laugh. Thank you, Jimmy. You will forever be in our hearts, in our family's hearts. So, dude, I'm telling you, my buddy took it really, really hard. We were texting him over the weekend and stuff. So, this is like, I mean, it's not like... I mean Buffett connected to people on a totally higher separate level right. than a lot of rock stars do.
3: It was like a little secret society, yes. the parrot heads. Uh, although like, not so
1: secret. Well, but right. I know what you say. It's a big giant club. Right? I mean
3: people would if they went to one concert or one event every year. Yep. folks went to Jimmy Buffett's concert. Like If you went before and you had a good time, you made that an annual thing where you put the Hawaiian shirt on, you'd get a ride, and that would be your night. I never made it to a Buffett concert. The closest thing that I've ever had to a Buffett experience was, remember the restaurant Cheeseburger in Paradise? Oh, in Greenwood? Well, yeah, yeah. There's one that was in Southport, too. Right off of Southport. There were two different ones? Am I yes. thinking of the same one? Uh, there were a Maybe couple, oh, okay, but there was one on Southport. Now it's Chewy's, the Mexican restaurant, yeah. but uh, that's where we had the meal before my bachelor party. Those little sliders there, man, they were really good. Uh, great moments in Jimmy Buffett history. This is when he was on um, one of the late night shows, and he talked about how he walked into a karaoke bar and performed one of his own songs and... And people boot him off the stage. <laughs> uh, I was in a karaoke bar, but it was—it uh, wasn't my fault. Uh, we had been fishing in, off of Nantucket, and we'd caught a big fish. We were celebrating, so I was taken to a karaoke bar and. Uh, Unbeknownst to a lot of people, I got up and did it, and I was asked to leave the stage.
6: Shut the front door. You're singing <laughs> your is. own song. Yes. Yes. It was
3: not a very good version. <laughs> it
6: must have been so bad for someone to ask you to step away from the stage. It was pretty bad, according to other people there, you know. Right, okay. You don't um,
1: remember a lot of it. No. Nothing. Okay. I would have been like, but 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 I am Jimmy Buffett. I'm Jimmy Buffett. Some dude yeah, yeah, went home right. that night. God, you believe that? <laughs> Hole, saying he was Jimmy Buffett didn't sound anything like him. That's a great story. It's embarrassing. Like
3: if I were that level of celebrity, I would do that kind of thing. Like if I were Jimmy Buffett, I would just pop into a karaoke bar or do a song. Yeah,
1: or you're at a concert where the band, like you're at a, a bad dive bar where a cover band is in there playing your song. You right. Get up there on stage and sing with them, blow their minds, you know?
3: Um, believe it or not, here on the hammer and Nigel show we're very fortunate to have the first interview with jimmy buffett now that he's in heaven
4: jimmy buffett from beyond who recommended you for heaven son of a son of a what are you wearing in the afterlife? I
3: got my hush puppies on. Do you
4: have a message for all of your fans that are mourning you?
3: It'll be all right. And what was the first thing you ate when you entered the pearly gates? Yeah! yeah
4: of course. And what are you doing for dessert?
3: Now that you're gone,
4: what's one piece of advice you have for people on earth? If we could laugh, we would all go and sing. One last question, Jimmy Buffett. If you could come back to Earth for one day, how would you spend your time? There it is. Thank you, Jimmy Buffett from heaven. There it is. Cool. Exclusive
3: interview. Wow. Exclusive interview on the Hammer and Nigel show. Um, also, Gary Wright of Dreamweaver fame passed away. And Steve Harwell of Smash Mouth passing away he was only 56
1: Yeah man that one, that's rough I mean I'm not a huge Smash Mouth fan I started at X103 like in 1998 I mean that's all we played was uh Hey Now You're a Rockstar I, I mean like the the montage of hits they have you didn't even realize that they had right go ahead Yeah this one
3: I forgot about this yeah. one.
6: I can't get another baby right
3: around. And then I saw her face from Shrek. I'm a believer. And I'm in love.
6: And I'm a believer. I couldn't leave her if I tried. Hey now,
1: go an all-star. Get your game on. Go play. is, is All star. Bigger than Walking on the Sun? I forget which came first.
3: Walking on the Sun was their first okay, single. Okay. I would say their signature hit is either All-Star or the remake of I'm a Believer.
1: Because the Shrek oh, wow. song was a monster. Well, Shrek was a monster for sure. right? I mean, in terms of how well it did at the box office. But, but yeah, Steve Harwell had really bad bouts with alcoholism, died of liver damage, and I mean, do you know how much you have to drink? I, I'm not completely positive as why. I, I mean, I know he, it's well documented that he was an alcoholic, but, but to have it at that level, like leaving Las Vegas level, Nicolas Cage level, where you're crawling to the refrigerator on the floor, shaking in the middle of the night, trying to pour yourself a screwdriver... Just to get the shakes under control. That's that's the type of liver damage we're talking about here.
3: We've reached the point in the show where even Nigel says somebody drank too much.
1: Oh, come on!
3: It's the Hammer and Nigel show.
1: (laughs) The only
5: way to bag a classy lady is to give her two tickets to the gun show. It's
2: Monday Gun Day with the Gun Guy.
5: Just watch out for the guns; they'll get
2: you. Stop. Calling your arms
5: gun. Hammer and
1: Nigel show. I know, I know. It's not Monday. It's Tuesday. Yesterday was a holiday. It feels like a Monday. It feels like a Monday. No well, we question. wanted to get Guy Relford back in here, 2A attorney, licensed firearms instructor, host of the Gun Guy Show Saturdays here on 93 WIBC. Guy, hope you had an awesome Labor Day weekend. How are you? Man, I'm great. And thanks as always to our
0: sponsor for Monday Gun Day, even on a Tuesday. That's Premier Arms in Brownsburg with the largest selection of new, used, and historic firearms. Firearms in the Midwest and PA Jewelers located right in the store. Check them out at 3754 South Green Street or premierarms.com.
1: Boy, I feel like this story about how the Biden administration is trying to eliminate this so called quote unquote gun show loophole really went under the radar, sort of like dumping it at the end. This came out, what, Friday, uh, late Thursday, maybe early Friday morning, coming into the Labor Day weekend. Started to Beginning because I think this is a really big deal. You're involved with in this uh, sort of peripherally in more ways than one. What is the gun show loophole, and then what what does that mean, and then what is Biden trying to do here?
0: Yeah, and and there's never been such a thing as a gun show loophole, yeah, Nigel. I, I mean, it's a made up term, much like you know assault weapon. But what it is is that if you're engaged in the business of buying and selling firearms, you're a gun shop gun store, gun retailer, then you have to have a federal firearms license. And if you have a federal firearms license, you have to put every sale through a background check. It goes into the, the National Instant Criminal Background Check System, run by the FBI out of Wheeling, West Virginia, and they do a background check before you can sell that gun. If you're just a private citizen, and you're not engaged in the business, you don't have to put somebody through a background check that you want to b- sell a gun to. So, if you offered me money right now, uh, hammer from you know the gun that I'm carrying, and you say, you know, we I'll give you seven hundred bucks for that. I, I got to have six. You, we say six fifty. I could sell you my gun right here, and there's no background check. There's it's still regulated in the sense that I can't sell it to you if I know you can't buy your own gun from a gun store. In other words, you're a felon or whatever. Right. But but otherwise, I can sell that to you without a background check. So the so-called gun show loophole is is what politicians say that you can sell a gun as between private individuals without a background check. Some people, yes, will do that at a gun show i'm I'm not there i don't have a booth i don't i'm not set up with a table i'm just walking through the gun show and i've got a gun over my shoulder and somebody can walk up and go hey man is that for sale and i can sell it to them and there's not a background check required so that's why they've called it the gun show loophole it has nothing to do specifically with gun shows it's just private individuals but a couple of things have happened first of all even before the so-called Safer Communities Act of 2022, you remember that one? That was a, a bill that passed last year. Um, even before that, the ATF has decided that what constitutes being engaged in the business of buying and selling firearms is is, is a lot lower threshold than what it ever had been before. Is it
1: something about making a profit? If you yeah, intend well, to have a profit, then that makes you a dealer?
0: That's the point. Like, is, 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 it's is, ridiculous. Is the standard built right into the, the standard? you used to say, um, principally for livelihood and profit. So livelihood and profit basically means you're trying to make a living, buying and selling guns, and the and the standard essentially is you're you're repetitively buying and selling guns with the primary motivation of making a profit, and 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 where somebody just is a private individual and they occasionally buy and or sell a gun, and some people are collectors and they build their collection by saying, okay, ooh, that's a better uh, example of this gun I have in my collection than the one I have, so I'll sell the one I have because you'll find that at
3: gun shows. You find that
0: at gun shows, and so a lot of people have been doing that for a lot of years. They're not in the business. They're just building their collection. But the ATF, and I know this because I've had half a dozen of these cases that I've defended in federal court, where ATF's gone after people saying, well, you're engaged in the business. Like, no, I'm just a private individual. I'm just a collector. I'm not trying to make a profit. I'm not trying to make a living. But two things have happened. The ATF's gone after more and more people. And they've, they've essentially lowered their, their threshold. Plus, they in this Safer Communities Act, and we've talked about that, there are a whole bunch of different components to this. Um, that's where they talked about the boyfriend loophole, and I, we won't go down that road necessarily. We've talked about it in the past. But one of the things they said is they amended the definition of what's engaged in the business, and they took out livelihood. So now, it's, you, you just principally are trying to make a profit. In selling guns, now you're engaged in the business, and if you're engaged in the business of buying and selling firearms without a license, that's five years in federal prison. So so now what they're (laughs) they're saying is, so if they catch you, this and here's the here's the here's what they're implying here is that if you go to a gun store, a gun show, I should say, or anywhere else, and sell a gun, and you make five more bucks on it than what you paid for it then they'll go, aha, you sold that principally to make a profit, and they will come after you because you don't have a federal firearms license and try to put you in federal prison for five years.
3: So, let's have a real chat about what this really means here. To me... This is the Biden administration's way of appeasing the gun grabbing nuts, the moms demand action, all those folks that keep writing those checks to the Democrats running for office. This is their back alley way of saying, look, we're doing the best we can with the rules that are out there. We're going after the guns. Please donate some more.
0: Well, no, I think that's exactly right. Um, and, and, and what it also is, is that it's a way around Congress, because they haven't ever been able to institute what they call universal background checks, right? Which is to require a background check on every private sale. So, this is the way around that, to basically say, well, okay, there's no universal background checks, because we can't get that through Congress. Why has that never gone through, by the way? They just don't have the votes for it. Because And plus, because... Exactly. It's a couple of reasons. One is, because... Our are the, are the two criminals, the two gang members in a back alley who are, you know, trading a gun <laughs> right. you know, for for a bag of crack cocaine, are they gonna care about universal background checks? No. But the other thing is because it's also a requirement for universal registration. Because because how do you know, like, if I sold you that gun, you know, that I'm carrying and you walked out of here with it, and then you get pulled over and you have it, how would they ever come back to me and say, I sold that gun to you without a background check unless there's registration to know that I own the gun originally? They, right. they can't prove that, I you know, who sold it to you unless there's registration. So, it's a backdoor way to get registration. So, what this is, is, okay, you don't want universal background checks? Fine. We won't have universal background checks. But if you sell a gun and you make a dollar on it, we're going to put you in prison for five years. So, now it's up to you. Will you sell that gun to a private individual, or will you, in fact, sell it to a gun store who's got to then uh, only sell it to somebody with a background check?
3: So, for argument's sake, let's just say this thing goes through. Wouldn't Hunter Biden be extremely guilty of a lot of these things they're trying to pass through right now? He
1: already is well,
0: <laughs> well, without that. He's already guilty of the crime of lying on the 4473 form. That's the form you fill out in the gun store when you're buying a gun. And, and one of them is, are you a user of or addicted to any illegal drugs? And he said no. And in his autobiography, specifically admitted he was addicted to to crack cocaine at the exact time that he filled that form out and said no. So, they have an open and shut case that he lied on that form.
3: Would that come back, and the way that this would work, would that come back on the gun store that ultimately gave Hunter Biden his weapon?
0: No, because they don't don't know. know... And well yeah. unless there's some reason to, to you know unless they can show somebody read his autobiography, <laughs> but right. that came out well
1: afterwards but so back to the...
0: i I say that facetiously but but they, unless they know you're lying on the form, it's not their fault that you lied on the form
1: but, but back to this gun show loophole so so what so is the a t f doing this is biden like how are they going to? codify this into some sort of law it, without well, Congress. Well, I don't they, get well, it. I, well,
0: they proposed a rule which is basically how ATF interprets federal law and they have the benefit of the fact that the law was changed as part of this so-called Safer Communities Act um, that, by the way, one of our Republican senators voted for um, right here from Indiana. But they have the the fact that this livelihood word has been taken out of the definition out of the federal statute and that's what this Uh, statute passed in 2022 did. So, they have the benefit of that. Plus, they've now proposed a rule that says, here's how we're going to enforce this. And they're they're giving everybody notice, which basically, if you sell a gun for profit, we have the opportunity to come after you and put you in federal prison for five years, even though um, you're clearly not in the business, otherwise, of
3: buying and selling guns. Go back to the Indiana senator in question, Todd Young, that voted for this. Didn't he reach out to your office and ask for your feedback? Do I remember this correctly?
0: Yeah, and actually, that part of it, I give him a lot of credit for, because I was really concerned. I was concerned about this, but I was even more concerned about the so-called boyfriend loophole. That is, you know, a crime of domestic violence. Um, prohibits you, if you have a conviction for a crime of domestic violence, that prohibits you from possessing a firearm. And part of that same act said, well, uh, a crime of domestic violence includes uh, a misdemeanor battery committed by someone that that you haven't been married to, that you have never lived with, that you've never had a child with, but you've been in, and I forget, it was some really amorphous, uh, terrible definition, like you've been in an enduring romantic relationship with. And I I read this and I went, (laughs) what the hell is that? I mean, does that mean if I stared longingly into your eyes, over a long dinner. very enduring I mean, guy i don't know what that means and and so if it's a criminal statute that can, that can put you in prison and you don't you can't tell what the hell it means i'm a lawyer and i couldn't tell what it meant and 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 I, it's just a bad law so i i contacted his office really through his website and just said uh this is really a bad law i really don't think you should vote uh in favor of it on the floor because he had already voted in favor of, of ending debate and sending it for a vote so that's kind of an indication of how he's likely to vote on it on its substance, so I contacted his his uh, office through his website. And to his credit, uh, my phone rang, and I looked over, and it says Senator Todd Young. And I, Okay, yeah, so. and
1: I love it how you gave him all this sage advice, why this is so dumb and arbitrary and <laughs> well, anti-2A, yeah. and he sat down there and took the time to listen to you, and he still voted for it anyway. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's so the you know, Indiana Republicans yeah, right now. Yeah,
0: but it, but it was it was a, and it was a long conversation. I, I without exaggerating, it had to be you know approaching half an hour. And uh, I hung up and I went, wow, you know, I was really good. And I, I was really persuasive. And, and and I thought and I went, wow, the fact, you know, U.S. Senator just called me and asked for my input. And
1: yeah, I was, a lot of good it did. I was, yeah, I was
0: I was, pretty, I was pretty full of myself. And then and then, I, you know, then uh, what's the biblical saying? You know, pride cometh before the yep, fall. There it is. Because <laughs> then I went back and I read the vote and I said, well, apparently I don't have the poll I thought I did. But I, but, I mean, I, I do give him credit for reaching out and at least soliciting. My input. Apparently, I just didn't. Uh, I didn't. I didn't rule the day on the
3: argument. Tuesday gun day today because we were off on Monday. You bet. Nigel and I were talking a little bit earlier about how it was such a violent weekend in the city of Indianapolis, and the city deserves better than the mayoral candidates that we have because when you're talking about. 30-year-old dudes shooting each other in the parking lot of great times, people being shot in the parking lot of gas stations. Both of these losers, Boss Hogsett and Jefferson Shreve, they're blaming law-abiding citizens like us. Yeah, if we just uh, repeal
0: constitutional carry, which is only available for law-abiding citizens, then that'll fix all of this. You know, and Because, of course, all these people who aren't worried about committing the crime of murder um, are suddenly going to comply with any new uh, regulation, any new ordinance the city of Indianapolis will pass, which, by the way, only carries a fine. So, these people aren't worried about going to prison for the rest of our lives for murder. But, if Jefferson Shreve or, or, or Boss Hawks gets an ordinance passed that could fine these people for carrying their firearm in Marion County, then that'll suddenly make us all safe. And how incredibly ludicrous is that? The fact that they actually can say it with a straight face is what's amazing to me.
3: And if Jefferson Shreve thought this all right, fine. But he's got the whole system behind him here. Yeah. Like there's a support group of Indiana Republicans that are pulling the strings on this campaign that think, yeah, you know what? If you're the kind of guy that's 30 years old, hanging out at great time shooting people, you're going to be scared of a fine. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to blame Guy Relford. <laughs> we're going to blame Jason Hammer for this. That's insane. It, it is insane. And, and And what concerns
0: me is that it appears to be to a, be a movement within the Marion County Republican Party to say, well, if we want to win an election in Marion County, we just simply have to become Democrats. Um, or at least mm. we have to become Democrats on some issues. And I think their base, uh, and I think they're about to learn this in this uh, election with Shreve, uh, is going to absolutely reject that. And when you lose your entire base, as, as Shreve absolutely should, he's earned that. Uh, and by the way, the election's over. I mean, if I thought he had any chance, Anymore of beating Hogsett, you know, I'd I'd be all in because I really want to get rid of Joe Hogsett. But that having been said, Shreve's lost the election because he's he's lost so much of his base. But what they're going to learn here in Marion County is that, first of all, they're not going to switch. Their votes. That is, the traditional Hogsett voters aren't going to go, Oh, look, I like Joe Hogsett's gun control policies coming out of Jefferson Shreve's mouth more than I do coming out of Joe Hogsett's. (laughs) So, I'll go vote for him. So, the Democrats that have been voted for Hogsett are not going to come vote for Shreve because of this. And then he's going to lose his base on top of it. So, he's not going to gain anything. He's going to lose his base. And he's going to get beat by historic proportions. And you know what? Because he only had a puncher's chance to begin with. The fact that he's lost that... I hope he gets wiped off the face of the map on this thing, because I want to send that message to the Indianapolis Republican Party.
3: Follow him on Twitter, at Guy Relford, and listen to The Gun Guy Show, Saturdays here at 93 WIBC. Guy, thank you. Thanks, guys. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.
5: Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
6: Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these
2: characters are weirdos? So let's rock it!
1: Okay, just real quick, Hammer. You mentioned to me earlier that uh, United Airlines is back up and running. Is that yes? I they, just uh, retweeted this at Hammer and Nigel. There was like there was a glitch in the computer system, so if you got delayed or your flight was canceled, that is why earlier today, United. I think a bunch of the flights. I think pretty much all United flights were grounded because of this glitch we fixed the glitch Uh, (laughs) so uh everything you know hopefully is back to normal now
3: i'm going to read this right from the united airlines tweet i just put this out at hammer and nigel we have identified a fix for the technology issue and flights have resumed we're working with impacted customers to help them reach their destinations as soon
1: as possible (laughs) they show a picture of Pete Buttigieg in a hard hat with like a hammer next to a computer server with a big smile on his face. I fixed it.
3: <laughs> Fixing glitches <laughs> since 2024. Oh man, Pete Buttigieg. Mm-hmm. He uh, he also popped up in one of those old videos. Remember how Vivek Ramaswamy? Popped up in an old MSNBC clip asking Al Sharpton a question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Pete Buttigieg popped up in one of those as well. Special. (laughs) Um, Man, is it back? One. Is it here again?
1: Don't say it.
3: Is it time no. to check in uh, with
1: America's battle against uh, COVID-19? Come on. COVID-19. Oh, oh I swear. That I mean, at this moment, there are three vaccines. China piss off. Now you've made the work off. We're all nervous because of COVID-19. First Lady Jill Biden. The good doctor. Testing, well, PhD. <laughs> Not an MD. It's like education. You saw like um, the guys in The Hangover. Yeah, right. When Stu was it? Stu that yes. was trying to pass off. I'm a doctor. Uh, You're and, a dentist. Yeah. Um, Joe Biden has tested positive for COVID nineteen. Uh, mild symptoms. Hanging out by herself for a while. President Biden also uh, has remained negative. By the way, I said also, but he's he's, he's negative continues to test i don't even know who takes tests for like what happened with jill biden did she get like the sniffles and say oh my god i better go get a test right away is that how it works now i have no
3: idea but if you're gonna say that the good doctor has the rona you better check kamala's husband too because the (laughs) last time i checked those two
1: have a connection was that the State of the Union address? Yeah. Is that where they open mouth She went mouth in there kissed? with open yeah. mouth.
3: She went in there for a Frencher, man. She was ready. <laughs> a Frencher. Okay. So, President Biden...
4: He is uh, wearing a mask indoors again. Uh President Biden tested negative last night for COVID-19 and tested negative again today. He's not experiencing any symptoms as far as the steps he is taking since the president was with the first lady yesterday. He will be masking while indoors and around people in alignment with CDC guidance. And as, as has been the practice in the past, the president will remove his mask when sufficiently distanced from others. Indoors
1: and while outside as well. Okay, whatever. Just don't tell me I gotta put one on. Right. If you want to wear People... a mask, if you
3: want to wear two, if you want to put panties on your face, be my guest. <laughs> I do not care. <laughs> but
1: don't be bringing this mandate crap. I mean, back. have you? Uh, when's the last time you've taken? Like uh, the only time I've ever taken a COVID test was it was in relation to my kid. So if if um, The way I remember it was if my kid had COVID or tested or or had symptoms, then everybody in the house had to show a negative test at the school before they got to go back to school. It was really ridiculous and and cumbersome and and unscientific. It didn't make any sense whatsoever. It was dumb. But that's like really the only time I can think of uh, maybe when I had like a year ago or maybe it was two years ago when I had a really bad stomach flu and I was out for like four days. I think maybe then, maybe. But I, I, I can't remember the last time I had to take one. Do you? I took one. Remember the ones that came
3: free in the mail? Yeah. I got bored and took one. <laughs> As luck don't would have it, I did it. not have Rona. <laughs>
1: did you have any symptoms or anything? Or uh... I, I had allergies. <laughs> but I have allergies. The thing is, there are really people like that out there. You're joking around about it, I, I. But there are people out there that test every day that are still paranoid of this thing that are still uh, that are still operating operating under the the lunacy theory that that COVID is is going to kill you and you're going to kill somebody else if you don't get your tenth booster and. Right. And, and masks are the only way of stopping it. And staying inside and not going to large gatherings is the only way you're going to survive. So, I'm curious
3: for the folks that decided they were going to comply before, whether that's voluntary or involuntary. Because I kind of put myself in the involuntary category. I did not want to get the vaccine. I did not. I felt I was fine. I felt I was healthy. Our old employer, who for the most part was great to us, forced it upon us. And I didn't want to be like having a fake religious exemption, because I feel like that's kind of a one-way ticket to go to hell. So, I was forced, (laughs) unfortunately, to get the stupid vaccine to keep my job and provide for my family. So, there are people in my category, but there are some folks that either lied about a religious exemption or said, screw it, I'll leave my job. I wonder how this is going to play out if this happens again, because it feels like this whole thing is gaining momentum again. But the same people who complied last time, I think even those people are looking at guys like Dr. Fauci and saying, you have lost all trust. Even CNN is starting to flip on the guy best known for being a flip-flopper. Listen to CNN's Michael Smirconish. He does a radio show, but he's also on CNN, asking Fauci why the highest quality scientific evidence consistently shows that
7: masking does not work. There is a perception out there by many, how many, I don't know, that they don't work and that the data concludes that they didn't work in the first go-round. Respond to that on masks. Yeah, well,
6: that's not so. I mean, when you're talking about at the population level that the data are less Drop strong it. than knowing that if you look on a situation as an individual protecting themselves or protecting them from spreading it, there's no doubt that
1: masks work. On an individual level, they work, but not on a societal level. But then, right? that makes no sense whatsoever. Smirkadish, to his
3: credit, comes with the study, comes with facts, even puts it on the
7: screen, and listen to Fauci's rebuttal. I'm going to refer to one of them. You've heard about it before. I heard about it from a number of radio callers. Uh, Brett Stevens in The Times talked about Cochrane. Put that on the screen. The most rigorous and comprehensive analysis of scientific studies conducted on the efficacy of masks for reducing the spread of respiratory illness, including COVID 19, was published last month. Its conclusions, said Tom Jefferson, the Oxford epidemiologist who is the lead author, were unambiguous. There is just no evidence that they, masks, make any difference. Yeah, but there are other studies. Oh, come
6: on! No, no,
3: no, 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 no. You don't get to pull that crap anymore.
1: Uh, No, there are other studies in the droplets. It works on an individual level. You can't go on a societal level. It doesn't make any sense. How can it work on an individual level, but it doesn't work on a societal level? And I'm I'm telling you,
3: (laughs) society this time around is not going to go for this crap. Uh, MSNBC had a doctor on who was asked about COVID booster shots. For kids who needs to get a booster and when?
5: So, all of us need boosters. Um, so, at six months of age and up, uh, we're gonna have <laughs> boosters by the end of this month.
3: Six, six months? months and up, no. We're not giving our kids boosters at six months if they're perfectly healthy. That is not what this country is going to do again. It's like
1: kids under 25, it's like one in a million, they die of COVID. It's, you're more likely to tr- be struck by lightning. The risk-reward benefit is, is not even close for six months old, let alone a t- healthy 20-year-old college student. But some people, these COVIDians, they
3: feel like just saying the word three times. It's like Candyman. They're going to be infected and die immediately. It's not how this works.
1: <laughs> Whoopi Candyman, Goldberg. Candy man, candy man.
3: <laughs> she was uh, absent on The View today. I'm sorry to tell you that, Nige. I know you're a... I DVR'd that, damn it. You're a regular viewer of The View. Whoopi wasn't there because despite like five COVID shots and 40 boosters, she's got the Rona. Now, listen how scared the audience is, but listen to the reaction of Horrible people like Sonny Hostin here.
4: Hey. Um, as you can see, Whoopi is not here. She has COVID. Oh. Yes, it's back. It's back. It's back. But she's on the men. She's it's on back. the tail it's end. Back. And she probably they're back to speak. But
3: I'm sorry she's not here. They're happy. You hear this? Sunny Hostin, it's back. Like they're laughing at it. Come on, baby. This. It's back. They're rooting for this thing. But maybe we're being a little bit extreme here. I think what we need are some rules of engagement from a trusted member of the media and maybe the commander in chief. You're not
2: going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations.
7: (laughs) Now we know that the vaccines work well enough that the virus stops with every vaccinated
1: person. Whoops.
3: No, that's completely false. Both of you are wrong and you never apologized for it. Ridiculous. I'm just curious to see where these Fauci cult members are going to stand if they try to pull this crap again. Because the left always says, if you like Donald Trump, you're in a cult. Cult 45. But now do Dr. Fauci, because you guys might as well have built a statue of this loser.
2: presents. <laughs> it depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Is
1: this anything? All right, let's rock and roll. Hammer, how do we play? Is this anything?
3: I will run some stories by you. You break down all the information and give us the verdict. Is the story in question anything or not? Okay. Is this anything? Let's do it. An alleged drunk driver called the police to report that someone was driving on the wrong side of the road, coming toward him on a highway in Nebraska. Turns out. It was him going the wrong way, and he called 911 on himself. (laughs) Here is the 911 call. I'm on
6: Highway 77 going north, and there is somebody that is on the wrong side of the road. He had his brights on, man. He almost ran me off the road. Yeah, do you know why I stopped you? Yeah, because I was on the wrong side of the road. Yeah.
1: Were you the one that called in? Yep. You were? Yeah,
6: because
2: I thought somebody was on the wrong side of the road, bro. And it turned out it was you.
1: Yep. I, I The reason, I, first of all, it's... it's <sighs> I guess it's not funny, but nobody died, everybody's okay, but what a moron. This guy's drunk driving, he takes the exit, uh, the wrong exit, gets on the wrong way to the side of the road and realizes, he doesn't think, it's just like, um, it's like uh, planes, trains, and automobiles. <laughs> You're going the wrong way! You're going to kill someone. Except this guy, yeah. Was it John Candy does the motion with his hands like, yeah, somebody's been drinking. (laughs) Except this guy in this story really was drinking. That's unbelievable. I'm so glad everybody is okay. That guy should never pick up a beer ever again in his life. And... (laughs) Did you hear how Cavalier he was, too, in that piece of audio? (laughs) Can we play the audio again, Allison? I'm on Highway 77 going
6: north, and there's somebody that is on the wrong side of the road. He had his brights on, man. He almost (laughs) ran me off the road. Yeah, do you know why I stopped you? (laughs) Yeah, because I was on the wrong side of the road. Yeah, were you the one
4: that called in? Yep. You were? (laughs) Yeah, because
6: I thought somebody was on
1: the wrong side of the road, but it turned out it was you. Yep. Yeah, yeah, he got me. (laughs) Well, no good deed goes (laughs) unpunished, (laughs) Hammer. Idiot.
3: (laughs) Uh, Jeremiah just uh, tweeted at us, and I retweeted it at Hammer and Nigel. The John Can. GIF in mm. question from planes, trains, and automobiles. Oh, man. Is this anything? A Michigan police officer pulled over a reckless driver and ended up saving an 18-month-old baby Whoa. who was choking. Here's an officer talking about the rescue and his body cam footage of the incident.
1: Speed limit's 45, well over 45. I'd had to estimate probably 75, 80 miles an hour.
4: Let me get me! me. Let Let it me. It get me! No, please!
1: Put him on my forearm and administered a few back uh, back blows to him. Had some
3: saliva and kind of regurgitate out onto my arm. Getting them calmed down is just as important as trying
1: to get aid to the baby. He's breathing.
6: Look at him. Look at
4: him. him. He's breathing. Okay. Got him. He's okay. They're not blue anymore.
1: Just rely on your training and what you went over, over and over again. Wow. Yeah, that's something. Man, oh, man. So the reason this person was quote unquote driving recklessly what he said 75 or 80 in a 45 It's because her baby stopped breathing or was choking and she was trying desperately to get to get to the hospital and so this officer thinks he's pulling over a reckless driver and then all of a sudden the next thing you know he's saving an 18 month old's life unbelievable these guys are heroes and you have I mean you hear heard how terrified the mother was I couldn't imagine being in that situation being on the road. And doing your damnedest to get to the hospital, only to look up and see—actually, I mean that was probably the best thing to happen. I mean, she could have hurt somebody. Right. It could have taken her more time to get to the hospital. Therefore, her—you know—the the eighteen-month-old the could have died. And yeah, the the officer deserves a medal. Wow, that's intense.
3: Would the story be any different if the officer still saves the baby? But also gave her a ticket for reckless driving. (laughs) I mean, technically he could, right? Right. It's like, congratulations, your baby's going to be okay. I gave him the Heimlich. I patted his back. He spit up whatever it was. Here's a ticket for $200.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And I doubt the officer would have been as uh, forgiving if the excuse, as opposed to having a choking baby on your lap, maybe... Explosive diarrhea. Right. Have you ever used that excuse? No, Never sh- used that excuse, but it's definitely been a motivating factor for me speeding to get home. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say that. I just didn't get caught.
3: Is this anything? A woman in Georgia protesting that her new employer won't let her have pink hair... And her way of protesting this rule is by wearing ugly, awful, and ridiculous-looking wigs into the office. What? Here's Emily explaining why she's been wearing these awful wigs to work in a TikTok video.
4: You haven't seen the video that I posted a couple days ago. It is me in a terrible wig, which I do to combat the absolute ignorance of corporate not allowing pink hair. I have three wigs that I cycle through, and they're all equally terrible. I will be diggily darned if I get rid of my pink hair.
1: No, this is nothing. This woman's an <laughs> idiot. You work for a corporation that has a policy about its f- From what I understand, this is uh, a hospitality industry employer who hired this woman for a front-of-the-house role. So This woman is probably the first thing their customers see when they walk into whatever the business business is. Right. Can we have you look somewhat like an adult? You're not 14 years old anymore? Be professional. I don't think it's asking too much. It's not like she's working at a bar or some sort of. Uh, she's not a stripper. She's not. <laughs> Although, you might want to think about getting in that line of work, honey. <laughs> that you might be more successful. You might have more success if you're up on a brass pole. If if you can't stand the fact the the ignorance of corporate that I can't have pink hair, this is what we're dealing with with this
5: generation. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.
1: Listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. Later on in the show, we uh, like to do a segment called "Are You Okay with This?" Uh, I'd like to start early, though, Hammer. If if, if you don't mind, I'm going to put some audio here from Donald Trump. Put out a video on his social media platform this past weekend, telling Fox News who not to put on their airwaves.
3: Unless. FOX NEWS STARTS PUTTING ON THE RIGHT PEOPLE, THEIR RATINGS WILL CONTINUE TO ERODE 35% FROM JUST A SHORT WHILE AGO. THAT'S BECAUSE PEOPLE DON'T WANT TO HEAR BILL BARR, THEY DON'T WANT TO HEAR CARL ROVE, AND THEY DON'T WANT TO HEAR MARK Thiessen AND SOME OF THESE PEOPLE, TO PUT IT NICELY, THEY DON'T WANT TO HEAR THESE PEOPLE. They want to hear the people that are going to turn around our country. They want to hear the people that are going to make America great again. And until they do, Fox will suffer in the ratings. And frankly, it may be too late. Fox News should get on the proper road. And if they do that, they will see their ratings surge again, maybe.
1: So are you okay with what you just heard from Donald Trump putting that out on True Social?
3: So, did I miss the part about the economy? (laughs) Did I miss the part about crime and fentanyl and the open border and the war in Ukraine? I mean, he probably did videos about those things. He's done them
1: before, yeah. The
3: old man pumps out videos left and right. Now, this one doesn't really move the needle. Like, this was a waste of time. If Fox is already struggling, as you say that they are, why even bring them up? You know, out of sight, out of mind then. But I get it. He's kind of a jilted ex-lover of Fox now, because Fox's coverage with the new leadership has kind of gone, I don't want to say anti-Trump, but it's certainly
1: not Trump-friendly. Well, oh, I mean, Bill Barr is on there every day, Trump's former attorney general bashing him. That Mark Thiessen guy is some sort of Supposedly, you know, Republican, but a like a weekly columnist for the Washington Post. But you're right. I it just it, it, come on, man. You, you highlight the stuff you did when you were president of the United States. Highlight the fact that you know you helped bring the United Arab Emirates along with Bahrain and Israel, Sudan, and Morocco, like like with the Abraham Accords. Highlight that there were no wars during your four years of presidency, and then to highlight you, you were energy independent, energy dominant, and then talk about the things that you're going to do when you beat by Bi- uh, President Biden. I don't Finish get, the wall. Like Talk about that. I just don't need to hear anymore. And Fox News' ratings are
3: coming back. They are. They're not where they were with, like, Tucker, but they're still number one in a lot of demos. And, I,
1: you know, when we sit here, you and I sit here, and we talk about this, and we criticize certain aspects of what Trump is doing, how he's running his campaign, that doesn't mean we're anti-Trump or never, you know, Republican, never-Trumpers. That's not what this is at all.
3: Right. Sometimes the diehard
1: Trump fan,
3: they can't criticize their dude just a little bit. Like, I love my kids. But I'll give my kids crap. Absolutely. Doesn't mean that I don't love my kids. The diehard Trumper sometimes has to say, yeah, that's my guy. That's who I plan to vote for. I think he's by far and away the best candidate. But I could probably do without calling a porn star horse face on Twitter. I could go without the video (laughs) slamming Fox for booking Bill Barr. I mean, maybe there are some other areas, at least right now, that warrant more attention. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. I love
1: Bill Barr.
3: Bill Marr goes on <laughs> with Joe Rogan, and Bill Marr wants you to know that the woke crowd, not liberals.
2: Liberal is a different animal than woke. Yeah. Because it is. And uh, you can be woke with all the nonsense that that... Now implies, um, but don't say that somehow it's an extension of liberalism. Right. Because it's most often actually an undoing of liberalism. It's so you can have your points of view and your positions on these things, but don't try to piggyback on what I've always believed. I have always believed, as liberals do, for example, in a colorblind society, that the goal is to not see race at all anywhere for any reason. Yes, That's what liberals always believed all the way through Obama, going back, Kennedy, everybody, Martin Luther King. That's not what the woke believe. They believe race is first and foremost the thing you should always see everywhere, which I find interesting because that used to be the position of the Ku Klux Klan, (laughs) that we see race first and foremost everywhere. Yeah. Uh, So, again, you can have that position, but don't say that's a liberal position.
3: No, no, no. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. You do not get to do this now, Bill Maher. As much as it pains me to give Rob Kendall any sort of credit, he said it perfectly on his program earlier today. This is like Dr. Frankenstein looking at the monster he created run amok, and now you're like, well, I can't believe this happened. No, you helped create this. When your side of the political aisle calls everybody around, Racist. If you don't agree with what they agree with, racist. Did you wake up in the morning and make bacon and eggs? Racist. (laughs) Everybody is a racist. You were a big part of that. You don't get to pull this card now. You don't get to say this now. He didn't
1: necessarily say it, but he definitely fostered and fomented that attitude at one point. Now it seems like he's kind of whipped around he will claim and i i listen to that you know i listen to the podcast i don't really watch real time but i listen to his that club random podcast and he will say no i haven't changed liberals have changed i've always been a liberal but that's his point of view and you're definitely right he's he's definitely Again, fostered sort of that Trump hatred like he hates Trump he's blind whatever he says here and he was right he's right on there what he said what he's right I mean I agree with what he said whether or not you thinking it's coming from a place of being you know disingenuous or whatever uh but his his blind hatred for Trump and his voters and people that defend him it's You listen to the things he says in some of his podcasts. It's it's all over the place. right? And he can't really seem to nail down exactly what Donald Trump did. He can't nail down a specific crime.
3: Bingo. Uh, and know, the thing I, is, it, is like I, candidate I, Trump and then President Trump, people like Bill Maher made it socially acceptable to just call somebody a racist without having really anything to back it up with. And it's people like Bill Maher that are now saying, well, wait a minute, these liberal lunatics that want to, you know, chop off the cranks of children and give multiple vaxes and boosters to like a six month old. That's not what we did. No, you had a hand in creating it. You don't get to play the victim now. This was a pretty interesting conversation, though, that Bill Maher had with Joe Rogan. Here is Bill Maher on high crime and rampant murder in places like Chicago.
2: Murders have been happening way out of control in Chicago uh, among the African American community for far too long and not really reported in the same in the way that they should be. It, right. It's amazing how uh, black lives don't seem to matter when they're taken by black lives. Right. Uh, mm. but but I mean now Chicago, my friends who live there say it's not safe anywhere. Yeah, it's very sketchy, very sketchy. And that's Chicago.
3: And this is something we've been saying for a long time. The only time you ever see these groups like BLM and sometimes even the ACLU, the only time you'll ever see them is when a white guy or white police officer kills a black guy. But black-on-black crime is a major issue. We've had these talks with Reverend Harrison before. It doesn't get the media attention. Why? It's a much bigger issue. Why doesn't it get the media attention? Where's BLM? And here's one more clip I want to play from this Bill Maher-Joe Rogan chat. This is talking about... Donald Trump, the election. Do you buy why Donald Trump feels like the election was stolen?
2: Do you think he really believes they stole the election, or do you think he's bullshit? Who gives a f**k? It doesn't matter. Who gives a f-? Who gives a f- if he really believes it? But, I mean, if he really believes there's evidence that the election was rigged. No, I don't care. For, no. First of all, that was part of the January 6 committee's findings. He has multiple people, <laughs> all the people around him told him that he lost that election, including Bill Barr, mm-hmm. you know, and he admitted he, he had, there's a, One of his quotes was uh, that they have on record of him saying, I don't want people to know I lost this election that's kind of crazy. he's crazy.
1: It's crazy to quote anything from the January 6th committee. Kinzinger, Cheney, right. Schiff, Raskin were all on this committee. And Nancy Pelosi did not allow any dissenting voices on this committee like like Jordan. Jim Banks was told uh, he Banks. was not yeah, able to be on this. Uh, so what an awful take. And like I said from the beginning of this segment, that he has a really just a blind hatred. And there's no nuance or room for discussion when it comes to Donald Trump and Bill Maher's world. world.
3: Like relying on the January 6th Uh, commission committee for your thoughts on what happened that day. It's like going to OJ saying, hey, what really happened with you and Ron and Nicole? You think you're going to get a fair, legitimate answer? No, you're not. You're going to get a biased piece of crap. Clay Travis on Twitter. Quote, the fact that Mar can't see this shows that he has a blind spot so large, it discredits his positions, even when he gets things right, because it must be by accident. It's the Hammer and Nigel show.
2: You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel
1: show.
3: So the White House press briefing wrapped up not that long ago. And a very interesting question from Peter Ducey, who covers the White House for Fox. Now, his question was based off of something from a book. I'll just let you take
4: a listen here.
1: Kareem, President Biden is the oldest president in U.S. history. Why does White House staff treat him like a baby?
4: No one treats the President of the United States, the Commander-in-Chief, uh, like a baby. So there's this book that says, that's ridiculous. when staff that's ridiculous walked back
1: claim. what sounded like a call for regime change in Russia, to the President, uh, quote, rather than owning his failure, he fumed to friends about how he was treated like a toddler. Was John Kennedy ever babied
4: like that? So look, uh, I'll say this. Um, there's going to be a range, always, a range of books uh, that are, uh, about every administration, as you know, uh, that going to have a variety of claims. That is not unusual. That happens all the time, and we're not going to litigate those here. That's something that we're not going to uh, speak to. There is one thing that I do want to, because I think I was asked this question last week by one of your colleagues about this particular excerpt uh, that they uh, were referring to, and so I'll say this. You know, We did see the excer- excerpt, excerpt, uh, the context uh, of the excerpt, okay. and it seemed to be
1: how did how did he start that out again? Can you just start that off one more time?
4: Yes. This is uh, Peter Ducey from Fox.
1: Kareem, President Biden is the oldest president in U.S. history. Why does White House staff treat him like a baby? <laughs> My answer, if I was Kareem John pierre would have been, well, because he is the oldest president in White House history. That's why they treat him like a baby. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> Next question. And this was from the book... We had a couple of quotes from this book, or she—he was asking, like this was a guy that was embedded with with the Biden administration, right? If I'm right. not mistaken, unless this is another book. But yeah, remember he called for regime regime change in Russia, <laughs> which no president like you don't do that. And then he was mad because they're treating me like I'm a baby. Well, you said something idiotic. You said something that could start a world war, you dummy.
3: And you've also gone overseas and allegedly crapped your pants. Oh, so I forgot about that. <laughs> if you're going to act like a baby and do baby things, I think
1: it's appropriate that somebody asks that question. Oh, speaking of crapping your pants, do we have time to do this? Sure. Um, this Delta flight was forced into an emergency landing because of a passenger's diarrhea. Oh, Hey! Uh, this uh, this guy, <laughs> this Airbus uh, was two hours into a transatlantic flight from Georgia to Spain. They were two hours in when the pilot asked to come back because of a um, <clears throat> fecal fiasco. Here's, oh. Here is the pilot <laughs> talking to air traffic control.
3: A biohazard issue. I, you know, we've had a passenger had diarrhea all the way through the airplane, so they want us to come back to Atlanta.
1: They had a passenger. If you can you play it one more time, just in case you didn't hear it, because I know we're
4: negative. It's just a, a biohazard issue. I, you know, we've had a passenger had diarrhea all the way through the
3: airplane, so they want us to come back to Atlanta.
1: All the way through the airplane, diarrhea everywhere from one passenger. They're two hours into a transatlantic flight. The air traffic control must have been like, what's wrong? Wait. Like the pilot gets on, hey, we need to turn around and come back immediately. I, they could have been freaking out. They were like, what, do you have a uh, landing gear busted? Is there? Are you, did an engine go out? What happened now? We had a... Passenger diarrhea all over the plane. (laughs)
4: So, (laughs) So
1: gross. I mean, I feel bad. I mean, whoever that was probably what I. It could have somebody elderly is what I'm picturing that couldn't hold And maybe it. they were told you
3: can't use the restroom right See? now. Keep your seatbelt on.
1: Yeah. No. <laughs> this is happening you, right you, now. You let them if somebody has that look on their face, that look of of concern and pain, let them use the bathroom.
5: <laughs> so gross. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
1: Hammer and Nigel. Do you believe these characters
2: are weirdos? So let's rock
1: Nigel Jason Hammer right over there I do have a confession I know it was big news last week I did not watch chose not to watch on purpose Mitch McConnell's latest episode the uh, the the Senate minority leader from Kentucky I I, I could not I I just couldn't bring myself to watch it again it's where he's Speaking at some sort of press conference at a podium, and he just freezes up and can't speak, and people have to repeat the questions. And then people are coming up to him and asking if he's okay. And I'm usually and behind I, that I, I, kind of guy at the gas station.
6: <laughs> right. I just I can not
3: <laughs> I mean, if we're being real, yeah. I'm usually behind that guy yeah. when I'm in a hurry at the gas station. Did
1: you. So I, I mean, I automatically think of these things, and I think our leaders are too old, uh, whether it be somebody a Republican like McConnell. Um, um, Feinstein on the other end. Fetterman has is having problems with the, the after effects of his stroke. He should have never been out of the. It's not even campaign. an age issue with Fetterman. Right, with it's Fetterman. a health sure. issue. Yeah. I mean, Biden obviously has his his issues. Um, so have they? I haven't even read that they. I mean, basically, doctors said McConnell's still okay. Biden even got on the phone with McConnell's, like, yeah, he's okay. That should let you know right. that he's not okay. <laughs>
3: right. um, so yeah, Mitch McConnell's doctor came out and said there's no evidence at all of a mini-stroke or a seizure disorder or anything like that. Now, okay. Biden, take this for what you will, uh, seems to think that it's kind of fallout from the concussion that well, yeah, Mitch McConnell he, he had. He took
1: a spill, right? And he took a fall. Yeah, he hard he, fall. he's I mean... fallen
3: a couple times. Now he hasn't done it publicly like our president <laughs> has. Uh, but Mitch McConnell took a bad fall down some stairs not that long ago and put him out of commission for a little bit. So maybe it is that, but you're so right, Nige. It doesn't make you a bad person for questioning the age and the health of the people that we've got making decisions for us. Mitch McConnell is making decisions about our health care, our spending habits, what happens at our border. Same thing with Fetterman. Same thing with Biden, Feinstein, Stein. Um, These people are the ones making calls for you, but they keep getting reelected. So, maybe this is kind of the come-to-Jesus moment in our country, where we need to look at each other and go, wait a minute, Stein doesn't even know what she's voting
1: on? Her aides are telling her what to say? And by the way, if there was evidence Look, if the doctor did I don't think his doctor would ever come out and say, even if there was a stroke, a mini-stroke, or a seizure disorder, I don't, still don't know that we'd Learn the truth right. about that. Do you think we'd actually hear something about that? No, they and would the cover that up completely. About, I think mean, Mitch McConnell say he does have to step down. <laughs> then their Democrat, you know, Kentucky's Democrat uh, governor would install a Democrat senator. So that's, that's scary to think about.
3: Yeah, it's uh, it's a in, mess, in and it's not just one. a Democrat or a Republican problem. It's both, both sides. Chuck Grassley, who bless his heart, still seems like oh, he's yeah. you know got his wits about it him. He, he gets out and runs every day, but that guy's older than dirt. <laughs> and you see what's happening with Mitch McConnell, and then of course we've mentioned the Democrats here. This is a uh, this is a problem. They. There has to be a way that this country gets it through its head. You don't have to keep sending the same people back. The same people who put you into debt, make you pay more for gas, put you into poverty sometimes. Stop sending these people back.
1: Do you know where the Burning Man is? This this big, this week long, like large scale festival in the middle of the desert, like with music and Art and community and self-reliance. Yeah. And it's one of those
3: festivals that happens every year,
1: kind of like South by
3: Southwest or yeah. Sturgis or things like that.
1: So this was in Nevada, but it was a bust because it, it, it rained the whole time and mud trapped thousands of people there. Like they couldn't go anywhere; they had to shelter in place. And people are getting sick. And oh uh, no, yeah, no waste piling up, human human waste. It just so it was, it was like a the disaster. fire festival, <laughs> right? Well. Yeah, I mean, I think Fire Festival actually had better weather. Unfortunately,
4: <laughs> if we're doing a tale
1: of the tape here, Burning Man or the yeah. Fire Festival, now
3: Fire Festival had better weather.
1: But then, like celebrities go to this this thing, this Burning Man, and like Chris Rock was trapped there, and Diplo, that uh, you know the DJ, techno Diplo, DJ the, guy. Yeah. So they walked. I was reading the story. Chris Rock, Diplo, and some other people walked six miles in the mud before getting rescued by a guy in a pickup pickup truck. Here he is. Diplo? Am I saying is it, is it Diplo? Yeah. I said this is Diplo, the DJ. We Walked about three hours in the mud, and um, it was me. I think Cindy Crawford walked with us. Kaya Gerber, Austin Butler, Randy Gerber. A couple people that just wanted to get home to their children and take no for an answer. We were just like, look, we can make it out. There's no one stopping us from walking, and you know, it was a challenge, but it, it was honestly one of the highlights of the whole trip was just getting out there and enjoying the time out there, and you know, seeing the desert and walking through the mud and meeting fans and some kids. Recognized me on the road and said, Hey, I'll give you a ride for the next two miles. And we gladly took it. I'm sure it was great. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He tried to put put some lipstick on that pig, didn't he? Yeah, no, I love walking six miles in the mud (laughs) alongside Cindy Crawford and Chris Rock. And the guy that played Elvis, too. Uh, He mentioned his name. Oh, yeah.
3: Uh, But it's crazy. If you're driving down that road, Nige, and it's like, did I just say Cindy Crawford? Do you stop it's or do you keep going because it's been such hell you just want to get out? <laughs> Be
1: honest. The restrictions but uh, no, I'm stopping. Um, but they did re- lift like like you weren't allowed to leave, you weren't allowed to go anywhere and they let uh, they lifted the restrictions yesterday. Like 64,000 people mass exodus. Here is a quick tribute from Hammer and Nigel Records to this year's disaster of a Burning Man festival.
7: Ah! This sucks. (laughs) I paid six hundred dollars. I'm stuck
2: (laughs) in lots of muddy water. I should have brought a monster truck. (laughs) Burning man's a bust.
4: There
1: you go. A little Talking Heads uh, tribute there from Hammer and Nigel Records. I believe that song also featured in uh, Revenge of the Nerds, Burning Down the House. That's when mistaken. the guy who was yeah. doing
3: the Fireball, Fireball, Fire, fireball. whatever reason, turns around and blows it right on the drapes. <laughs> like and then they're, they're shocked that their house is burning down. We're
1: talking about the scene where this big dude takes a, a giant swig of whatever this. It's not not Fireball as we know it today, but this very clear like moonshine. Lit- or yeah, and then he and then he lights a lighter and then blows it into the lighter, and, and the whole house burns down. Right, and then they go take over the uh, freshman dorms.
3: At first, he's aiming it to where there's plenty of room to see said yeah. fireball, <laughs> yeah. but for whatever reason, he turns around and they blow it right on the curtains. <laughs> Next thing you know, you got ogre grilling out marshmallows and hot dogs with hot chicks. <laughs> okay.
5: Are you really okay? Are you okay?
2: Everything's going to be okay. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm pretty far from okay.
1: Ah! Are you okay with this? On the Hammer and Nigel Okay! A 106-year-old woman in Wisconsin went to the casino for her birthday. Hammer, is right down your alley. 106. Uh, Went to the casino, won a grand jackpot on her birthday casino, and then doubled it. Are you okay with this? Yes, this is awesome. (laughs) Good for the casino,
3: because the casino, you know, they saw this 106-year-old lady, and she is pumping the money into that one-armed bandit. She hit a (laughs) $1,000 jackpot. So, the casino said, you know what? This is an opportunity for good PR. We're going to double that woman's money. So, she went home with $2,000. This is the kind of stuff that actually casinos do a lot, but nobody ever talks about it. You know, I was kind of joking with Rob Kendall earlier when I went on with him, like sports betting stuff. When I have a winning weekend, when I get my picks out there, nobody says anything. There's no thank you. There's nothing like that at all. But boy, if I have a bad (laughs) weekend, if I have a stinker, I've got people lined up to give me the business. They all let you know about it. I used to run the Facebook and social media of the casino in Shelbyville. And You should see some of the complaints about casinos. (laughs) People who don't understand math ripping the casino. There was one lady, I'll never forget this. She was ripping the casino because she thought we had somebody inside of the slot machine <laughs> dictating whether or not they won. And she was upset that we wouldn't open up the slot machine and prove her otherwise. I'm like, ma'am, it doesn't really work that way. Uh, there's cameras everywhere. That's against the law. And
1: Ma'am, it doesn't work that way. The Are already stacked (laughs) against you playing slot
3: machines. There's no need to cheat, but that's the kind of stuff that happens all the time.
1: But it's good to see the casino doing something positive here. That's funny that you actually had to explain to a person no, there's no human beings inside the slot machines. It actually doesn't work that way.
3: Dude, if you think that I'm a gambling degenerate, (laughs) some of the folks that I had to deal with back in the day, like they thought it was like a law that if they show up every day, they had to win a jackpot. Yeah,
1: and some of these so these elderly people with an oxygen tank in one hand and a cigarette in the other. Yes. With the tubes going up the noses.
3: People who were wearing masks long before Fauci made it cool, walking around the <laughs> casino floor.
1: And my favorite is they pull the mask aside to take a inhale of a heater. Right, you gotta get the
3: lung dart in there. <laughs> um, yeah, man, and when I was the DJ on the floor, because I kind of did
1: a lot of stuff there. You wore many hats, Yeah,
3: I was uh, DJing on the weekend. Those same people would come up to me. It'd be like 6.30 on a Friday. Turn it down! You're too damn loud! And why don't you open that machine up and show me the person you've got in there?
1: And let's not forget about the monkey that got loose, right? (laughs)
3: Yeah, somebody had their service monkey they brought to the casino, and it got off the leash. It was hopping like machine to machine, and Uh, Some dude who was in town for business from Boston comes up to me. Hey, uh,
1: you guys normally got a
3: monkey running around in (laughs) here?
1: No, sir, not normally. True meaning to the line in Vegas Vacations. Looks like somebody stuffed a banana (laughs) down my pants and turned a monkey a little. Right. Took a beating. Um, Okay, moving on. This is really cool. I couldn't believe it. I mean, I do believe it, but this was awesome. The uh, Garage Food Hall getting uh, national recognition uh, down there uh, downtown. Garage Food Hall Bottleworks District named one of the nation's best. Came in number two in the country for food halls. Hammer number two. Garage Food Hall. Are you okay with that?
3: Yes. Not only because it's our friends at the Garage Food Hall, the Bottleworks District. Um, There's an article in the Indy Star about this today, and they specifically name the two restaurants that we talk about, uh, Palavano Cubano Cubano and Jay's Lobster and Fish Market. Um, Just amazing food there, and the atmosphere is really cool. And I'm happy that we have food halls and buffets, because there was a time, 2020, We didn't know if these types of things would ever be a thing again. Like, all the buffets due to Rona closed down, like Ponderosa didn't make it, all the places in Vegas stopped having buffets. You could not have a garage food hall in 2020. But I'm happy to see they exist. Uh, look at me, can't you tell? I'm happy to see they exist. And by the
1: way, late 2020, I did. I do remember going to the garage food hall and eating and enjoying it. When well, things started good, coming yeah. back, they sure, were at the sure. uh, the forefront there. I was. By the way, yesterday, happy birthday to my uh, grandmother, who uh, I won't say her age. She is uh, she, she's a beautiful seventy. Okay, okay. <laughs> but that, we went to her uh, cafeteria there in the, the where she lives. Her her community that she lives in. And they had a killer buffet yesterday for lunch. Oh man! I mean, a spread, a dessert spread, a giant eight-foot table with nothing but cheesecakes and. Because normally you don't hear those types
3: of stories about how good the food is in those types of communities. No, no, no,
1: no! Please, this this was something different. They had, uh, you know, the assortment of hot dogs, barbecue chicken, hamburgers, a bunch of stuff that I shouldn't be eating right now because I'm trying to lose some. Uh, It was it was delicious. So I wanted to say happy birthday to my grandma. uh, Listening real quick, her and her friends over there always listen to this. Well, happy
3: birthday, happy twenty first birthday to all of those uh, folks, Phyllis. And there's a meme that's going around social media. Speaking of like homes and things like that, and I'm down for it. Somebody said that they should take all these old abandoned malls and make them retirement communities for us Gen Xers when we get older. Have like an orange Julius stand in there (laughs) movie theater. Spencer's Gifts. Spencer's yeah. Gifts, Arcade Centers. I'm here for that idea, man.
1: Uh, how much football did you watch over the weekend?
3: A lot. Yeah. Saturday was a busy football day. I had some bets made, one more than I lost, which is good. Okay. Uh, but yeah, man, Saturday was just loaded from the minute the games kicked off at noon. Hell, I even watched College Game Day before the game started. And then, of course, there's always a late-night game you can tune into. When was the was Clemson? Last night? The yeah. Monday night game? So Clemson last night was a little college Monday night football since the NFL doesn't get yeah. going until Thursday. Yeah, Duke
1: upset number nine, Clemson, twenty eight to seven. And here's Duke's final touchdown and the end call here. Waters. Rush of the field. Oh, yeah. Are are you okay with this?
3: Yeah, I love it, man. Normally, when you hear about Duke beating the number nine team in the country, it's basketball basketball. season. Uh, Very rarely in football do the fighting Blue Devils get this type of glory, but boy, Clemson looked awful last night. Uh, Clemson looked bad. LSU, they were a top 10 team. They got beat by another top 10 team in Florida State, but man, a lot of storylines. Unfortunately, the ineptitude of the I.U. offense, the ineptitude of the Purdue defense storylines over the weekend. But for me, the big story in college football was Deion Sanders in Colorado. Mm. I thought this was wild, man. I'm here for Coach Prime. I think he's good for college football. He took a team in Colorado that won just one game last year program in complete disarray and he comes there and he ruffles a few feathers. He tells those kids get your butts in class, sit in the front row. Get a dress code. right? A dress code. If you don't like it you can hit the transfer portal. I'm bringing my son in to be the quarterback and he threw for 500 (laughs) yards and five touchdowns. They got a kid like high school ball playing both sides offense and defense. I'm here for it all and in case you missed it, this was the Pre-game speech that Deion Sanders, Coach Prime, gave to his team before the game Saturday.
2: Because it's not about them. This is about us. This has nothing to do with the team that's opposing us. This is about us. This ain't got nothing to do with the naysayers, the, the unbelievers, the haters, the doubters. This is about us. When we started this journey, we told you it was going to be trying. It was going to be tough. But you endured Because it's about us. That man next to you is a miracle. That man next to you is a believer. That man next to you is a go-getter. That man next to you is a dog. That man next to you is somebody who won't this day. That man next to you is somebody who believes. That man next to you is somebody that gots to have it today. We ain't got tomorrow. We got now. Yeah, yeah. We ain't got next. We got now. We got now. We ain't coming
4: no more. Did
2: y'all know we here? Back. Give me my theme music! Yeah. And he's got theme
3: music in the locker room and walks off like a boss.
1: He certainly has the pulse of his players, I would say, right?
3: (laughs) Like, I would love to have just a dedicated guy on our staff that plays my theme music when I walk, like, from the studio to the can. That's a
5: power move right there. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
1: Listening to The Hammer and Nigel Show. Hey,
4: Tony! Hey, Tony!
1: Pretty boy, Tony. It's Tuesday.
4: Tony Katz on The Hammer and
1: Nigel Show. Don't
2: want to keep Tony waiting.
1: My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here hooking up live with Tony Katz for Tuesdays with Tony. Breaking news, Tony, Kareem Jean-Pierre comes out in the press conference today and says the president, Joe Biden, will officially be masking up. When he's inside, being that Jill Biden has tested positive for COVID, uh, the only question remains: Is m- masking work more effectively than Bidenomics, or vice versa? Or <laughs> I heard you talking about that earlier today uh, with Bidenomics, and it's funny because we we talked to Breitbart Finance and Economic Editor John Carney last week. And you can't define Bidenomics. Can you define Bidenomics, Tony? Do we even know what oh, no. it is? No. Uh, you're talking about
6: a term that, that Wall Street kind of invented and the Biden administration has taken as their own to prove, well, whatever it is they're trying to prove at, at the moment. Uh, there was one of uh, the Biden advisors who said, you know, you, the problem with these polls about the economy is that they take a 30,000, uh, 40,000-foot overview of the situation. Let's take a look at what Bidenomics really is. It's about ensuring that... That insulin gets capped at thirty-five dollars for seniors. You know, eighty-two percent of people love that. Eighty-two percent, ninety-four percent would love it if you capped it at seven dollars and forty cents. So, ninety-eight point six percent would love it if you made it free and gave everybody an ice cream cone, which would defeat the purpose of the insulin. But that's not even the point. So, so these things are that that they say don't actually correspond to how people are are, are living. Uh, people are living with higher gas prices. People are living with higher food prices people are living with less things on the shelves that's still happening and you have nothing but retailers telling you that the soft christmas is coming this is, oh, wow. uh, you know, Santa had too much eggnog. This is what's going down. And this this, uh, this is going to be a rough holiday season. There won't be much shopping. That means the retailers are in a very, very bad place. That could mean tremendous deals or it could mean tremendous failure. Uh, and there is no definition of Bidenomics except when Joe Biden wants to take credit for things. Yes, Gas prices go down. That's because of him. Gas prices go up. That's because of the filthy Russians.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I mean, 20% food prices increase since Biden took over. 20%? I mean, are you right. guys, like, I, I went to McDonald's the other day paid $18 for two piece t- 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 chicken McNuggets and medium fries for my kids after softball practice, Tony. I, I don't think Biden's taking credit for that.
6: Yeah, but I think you should be making your kids dinner and not taking them to well, McDonald's. Was, what's you know, wrong
3: with you? Well,
1: the wife was out of town, and it was it was.
3: Um, I'm sorry, Brad daddy. Pitt over there is giving you a lecture <laughs> on your diet, Nige. How does that sound? It's like OJ giving a domestic no, violence lecture right now. I believe I, I said he should make dinner for his
1: kids. <laughs> I,
6: I didn't say what he
1: should eat. <laughs> I didn't. I don't do it every week. I'm just saying. I was trying to make a point that, yeah. I mean, people live at a paycheck to paycheck. Man, I can't afford that crap anymore. Even you're
6: McDonald's wrong about those prices though. It's it is insane. You feel it everywhere in everything. What used to be affordable to go out and grab a bite no longer is, and there are less places that you can go yes. to to go get that bite. One of the I think it's one of the really interesting uh, pieces of this when we talk about. Well, I still see the restaurant f- restaurants full because I I'd been through that for a long while. Yeah, because there are less restaurants. The places that closed didn't reopen, and and we forget this as, as part. Of the, you know, you've got less choices now. That's what that's what COVID lockdowns did. And if Biden's going to mask up, I got to assume that he's going to be pushing lockdowns sometime soon, don't
7: you?
3: Yeah, that's coming. That's absolutely coming. And. You see some of his pals in the media laying the groundwork for it. Hell, there's a clip today. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg wasn't on The View. I know Nigel was heartbroken because of that. <laughs> but Joy Behar makes the announcement, and the crowd groans. But you can see Sonny Hostin, that horrible woman, Sonny Hostin, almost giddy that they're talking about coronavirus again. Like That's the takeaway that I have.
6: Um, I think that your your takeaway is, is accurate. I think that um, these people love uh, the idea uh, of lockdown. They lo- certainly they love the idea of fear. They want people to be uh, uh, afraid because there is, there is a mindset of uh, 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 people out there who want to be afraid. They, they want to know that everything is a danger at all times and, and, and that they have, they have something to be worried about. And when they see you without a mask or when they see you going out enjoying your life, my, my brother, the good Dr. Katz, always says nothing makes the prisoner angry than watching uh, another man walk free. Hmm. right and they can't believe that you aren't living in fear and so it is about wanting to subjugate you wanting you to feel that that same fear as we have all discussed in different ways we've never discussed this as, as shows on the station you want to wear a mask go wear a mask just don't tell me I have to wear a mask and that is universal I think for everybody who has some level of programming on, on WIBC go live your life just don't tell me what to do sunny host enjoy Behar, uh, Anna Navarro, they really want to tell you what to do. They're desperate to do it.
3: So We've talked about Bidenomics. We've talked about the Rona. And yet, over the weekend, Donald Trump puts out a video telling Fox News which guests they should not have on. So, this is the guy that's Unless he's locked up and can't run or something crazy happens, this is the guy that's going to be the nominee. Do you think Donald Trump is taking the right path right now to try to tell some of those folks that voted for Biden last time, hey, it's okay. I get you got a little buyer's remorse, but come on over to my side. Things are going to be okay. Does a video ripping Fox for their guests get that message across? No. Next question. <laughs> I mean, but that's that that that's that's
6: not it. You know, I, I did a, a breakdown today of that that Wall Street Journal polling that showed forty six percent for Trump, forty six percent for Biden, and and of course Joe Scarborough at MSNBC is incredulous about this. How could it be? And and uh, George Stephanopoulos at ABC is surprised. And people say, well, this is proof that Trump can win a general election. No, this is proof of how bad Joe Biden is and how his team will keep trying to tell you that Biden is working. They'll keep trying to tell you that uh, that uh, he's got a lot of spunk. Um, but you know as well as I do, he can't figure out how to walk off the stage. So so we have reality and they have the lie that they're trying to continue to tell uh, and, and, and push on us. It, Trump does not necessarily win a, ne- a general election. I have argued that I don't think he can win a general o- election. That he's popular? Absolutely. He is still outrageously popular. But Trump Trump does not do things. In, in regards to how it's going to affect the future. He is making sure that his base is still his base now and focused now. That's the things, that is the thing that that, that matters uh, to him. If Would I like to see him doing videos of when, I, when I'm when i president, we're going to bring gas prices down by being energy, he would always refer to as energy dominant. Uh, when I'm uh, president, you're going to be able to afford eggs again. I mean, those would be things I think would connect much more because who gives a good holy day? who's going to be the guest on fox i mean if it's not going to be me screw it the whole thing doesn't matter
1: <laughs> so uh, is it time yeah i heard you mention that wall street general poll is is it time for us to start paying more closer attention to these polls, the closer we get? I mean, we're a year out, pl- a year plus out from the election, but, I mean, does this poll resonate with you at all, this Wall Street general poll that I heard no, you talking about? No, no, no it,
6: it, it doesn't. I, I would argue that instead of paying attention to one poll, certainly you can take a look at where some levels of direction are, but if there's conventional wisdom about a poll, maybe ask yourself, what wouldn't be the conventional wisdom? Uh, I think that is the place to be. But I admit, to you, I am 12 times bitten, seven times shy. I yeah. I trust nothing. I have been burned enough. I can't. I don't believe. All I can do is engage the conversations as they're happening, give my take on them, and let the chips fall where they may. I believe Joe Biden is remarkably beatable by a series of candidates not named Chris Christie, and I only want... <laughs> That to be the case. That's what I want. If Biden's, I mean, if if Trump's the nominee, I'm voting for Trump. If DeSantis is the nominee, I'm voting for DeSantis. And if Chris Christie's the nominee, something went horribly wrong. But as long as Joe Biden is not the guy, that's the way I'm going to go. And that is the difference between I know me and and there are some people out there. If it's not Trump, I'm not voting. Well, that's that's just garbage. So uh, what does the data say? The data says Trump's wildly popular. Does it mean he wins a general election? I'm not there yet.
1: You were talking about drones over Labor Day parties. I don't, was that in New York or something like that? Yes, and you it, was, and, it was a New York story. And I have a funny feeling. I know what you're going to say, but I, I had to turn it off. Where were you for this or against this? For this, you were not. You uh, police taking drones and flying them over people's houses
6: yeah. to see what was uh, whether or not the party was out of control. Screw the police. What, I'm supposed to have my rights somehow no, violated I agree because I, I don't know they like want to keep
3: an eye on something? Hell no. Screw the police sounds very like, like a cover band from N.W.A., Tony. That's what that sounds like.
6: <laughs> I, I, I refuse to ever engage the idea that I, as a citizen, should have less rights because a cop's job is tough. The job is tough. You're right. I agree with that, and I don't believe in defunding the police, but I don't believe in um,
3: limiting my rights, and if police officers don't like that, they should go get another job. See, this is where you and I differ a little bit because if a drone wants to watch me walk around my backyard, get drunk, (laughs) get naked, and do God knows what, I hope the show is amazing. (laughs) See, you see, what you do for OnlyFans is up
6: to you. <laughs> <laughs> the
1: uh, and then one more thing I back to Jill Biden uh, for a second testing positive for COVID. When's the last time anybody on, on this show right now that's speaking have, Hammer when's the last time you've taken a COVID test? Like does anybody still Matt Bear gave me one in the parking lot but I don't think it was <laughs> hold on
3: actually that I'm- was not a COVID <laughs> test you're right. He had a rubber glove and everything I don't
4: <laughs> oh
1: oh then it might have been a COVID test. <laughs> Tony, about you? I mean, is that so? I mean, do you have the uh, the Biden COVID test stored Blue away in the river?
4: Uh,
6: <laughs> um, use old stock I I have never taken a COVID test in my life, ever. Oh wow, yeah. I have never ever taken one. Uh, I don't know. I didn't understand what the point was then. This whole remember when Speaker Pelosi, then Speaker Pelosi, was talking about testing, testing, testing. What was the point? I have yet to be able to show the data that says doing all the testing meant. We got a better result. It it didn't. It, it it couldn't have. It was just. It was an awkward thing to do. If 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 I was feeling ill for a couple of days, I felt ill for a couple of days. Yeah. Right now, I've got a bit of a stuffy nose. It's allergies. COVID. I should run out and take a COVID test. <laughs> Crazy talk.
3: Hey Tony, real quick. It's uh, Colts opening weekend here. What's a good bourbon? What's a kickoff the NFL season bourbon yeah. that we can crack open? Ooh, that is a fine fine question. We can stay in
6: Indiana and go with some Backbone Bourbon. Um, uh, uh, we it. Yeah. R- right? Very, very good people. Go with the Uncut. The Bone Snapper Rye uh, is is quite excellent. I- I'd be a fan of that. You can also go Starlight. Uh, another uh, way to stay, uh, was to stay Hoosier and stay in Indiana on this one. Uh, go Hard Truth down in Brown County and get their rye, the Sweet Mash rye, so they don't save anything from the previous batch. They're doing it fresh batch to batch, which makes it a, a Sweet Mash as opposed to a sour mash uh, rye like you would have, like a sourdough. They have the starter that makes each and every loaf. That's, that's what that refers to. Uh, that's where I would go. I would stick with the hard truth guys, stick with Starlight, uh, or I would I would go with Backbone, and I'd keep it uh, full Hoosier. But the 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 rye from from hard truth and the bone snapper, uh, Rye,
1: are two excellent choices. Excellent. Tony Katz, 6-9 to nine and noon to 3 right here on 93WIBC. TK, have a great week. If anybody needs a uh, COVID test from Matt Bear, just line up
6: in the uh, back alley.